You're listening to Talk to the Experts. I'm Wayne Nelson. My guest today, Sherry McMillan, on the phone with me from London, England. And we've been discussing the importance of good estate planning, the ability to protect your assets, minimize tax, and maximize wealth using various tried and tested estate planning strategies. Now, these strategies and other topics are going to be presented in virtual seminars on Wednesday, January 13th, and again on Wednesday, January 27th, both days at 6.30 p.m. To register, all you have to do is contact McMillan Estate Planning. The number is one 266 6464 during weekday office hours. Or go online to the website at macmillanestate.com. Sherry, just before the break, we were talking about some of the popular estate planning strategies that, uh, that people are using to help protect their wealth. Uh, the one thing that you mentioned earlier on in today's show is investment trusts. So let's talk a little bit about what investment trusts are, how they work, and what are the tax advantages? Sure. So most of us in Canada use what I call is the Bank Act of Canada when we purchase our investments. And when we do that, a couple things happen, Wayne. The first thing is that our estate is considered public, open to creditors through our lifespan, but also open to creditors when we pass on, meaning that people can challenge our estate and take a run at those assets. They also get tied up in your estate in the course of what is called probate, so it can tie down the estate for a window of time. Now, we have an alternative opportunity, and a lot of families are not aware of it unless they start to pursue estate planning, and generally we see families doing that when they hit a million-plus net worth. Then they realize they have a choice. It's not the only choice that they have. So the other choice is to utilize um, trust planning for their investments rather than the bank. And the difference is immediately a trust puts a fence around your assets. So they become private and lawsuit protected, not just for the benefit of who you're leaving them behind to, your children, but during your own lifetime. So this is really important for my family who are entrepreneurial and want to continue to work through retirement, or, for example, my snowbirds who want to go down south and may take on some liability risk by being in the United States. So we put this fence around their investments. This is the first thing. The second thing that happens is it doesn't have to probate, so there's no workload involved when you transfer your wealth this way to your loved ones. So that means your monies, your cash and capital, becomes available to your family immediately upon your passing because it's like you've proactively designed your estate in advance. And so families find this exceptionally effective and are really surprised that they don't have a lot of workload to do. We're also forecasting, depending on which province you live in, this can save you a lot of money because you won't have to pay any probate fees when you do a wealth transfer to your loved ones. Yes, and probate fees can be several thousand dollars uh, at, at the least. And, and the other disadvantage with probate is that now that transfer of wealth is public knowledge, right? That's right. And it does tie up for a matter of time. So depending on when you enter the court process, you know, your values can be decreasing in the stock market, for example, but you can't access them until the court releases them. And the court so, system has been has been quite backed up uh, because of COVID, all of the different restrictions. And so they're prioritizing, uh, you know, criminal court cases first and then working their way down the, uh, down the line. So the probate process could take even longer than it normally would take. Yeah, and we're, we were seeing, you know, even prior to COVID, we were starting to see an increase in court time simply because the baby boom is aging. And so there's going to be, 
you know, a higher demand on the court systems in these areas. So if we can avoid that process altogether and minimize the work, it also makes sure that no creditors can access your estate upon passing because they go directly to your loved ones outside of the court system. And so it's a very safe way to make sure your wishes are met in your estate. So that's another large benefit for most families. Another fundamental benefit that we, you know, specifically used a great deal in every single market correction that we've experienced, and the reason I say that is I knew how to pick my career timing because I've been through my fourth now. Um, And ultimately, you know, when the markets crash, traditionally in the banking system, if you have mutual funds and stocks, that's what your family receives in the estate. In trust law, it works differently. So in trust law, the worst you can receive is what you've deposited plus any gains that have happened that you've frozen in as part of your principal guarantee through your lifespan. So let's say you passed on um, last March when the markets were crashing. Your family would get the highest frozen value you might have had in January or February very quickly, within weeks of your passing, and you would have been able to repurchase at that lower market value. And so that's why for wealthy families, this becomes an invaluable tool to safeguard and protect the capital that they work so hard for. And so we call this freezing the estate and freezing the investment trust at the highest level possible through the balance of your lifespan, which also puts this safety net in and security and safeguard that you don't have the same emotional or angst around market corrections because you don't experience them the way traditionally we do as families when we're in the Bank Act. Now, are there downsides to this, Sherry? Because we're talking about the Bank Act, which is the traditional investment route, versus uh, trust law, which falls under the Insurance Act, right? Are there right. Are there downsides? Um, Traditionally, I think the only downside, Wayne, is about a half a point in management fee differential. But I think you can easily offset that because when you don't have principal risk on your investments themselves, you'll balance your portfolio differently. And so you'll end up with a higher rate of return. So generally speaking, in trust law, we don't recommend a lot of interest-bearing investments because we have a principal risk in the first place. So we would recommend a more of a dividend orientated portfolio, and your after-tax effect will be greater than if you were in the Bank Act. So you've just got to plan accordingly to make sure you offset that differential in fee. But for the protections that it affords us and the ability to freeze our estates through life, um, I think it has great value. And my experience is over the last 25 years is all of our families that are in trust law, when we experience a market correction, they don't have any fear. So when we did go through the downturn um, last March, you know, none of our clients call us because they don't have fear that their portfolios are lost somehow. And, of course, we've recovered since, but now that all that means is we refreeze now, that we're at a high again. And so now that's their new minimum guarantee. Interesting. Now, under trust law, Sherry, are there different components of, of that? Do you have different categories under trust law? That's right. So, you know, there's the wonderful opportunities that we have in Canada are quite good if we utilize what's available to us right now. And so, you know, we're all certain that some of them will be recalled or reduced when the new budgets arrive in the next few years. But while we still have them, I think we should all be utilizing them to the fullest extent. 
Another one that we can use is what we touched on earlier is called the maximum tax range. And we often utilize this to tax shelter up to 25% of your net worth. So it helps us deregister your RFPs and risks and not pay tax on them when we do take them out. But it also helps our companies a great deal because what happens with a company is, as you know, you pay capital gains tax on the increase of the value of your business when you pass on. If you can have 25% of that grow tax-free, that's going to make a dramatic difference in the wealth transfer of a business to the next generation. And so one of the you know, rumors that we all are hearing about is will they change capital gains tax in the coming years? Yeah, and that's going to be a, a big impact if they do because, you know, I mean, they're going to be doing something to pay for all these various COVID benefit costs and, and relief programs. And there has been this specter of, of increasing the capital gains inclusion rate. It's not just going to affect businesses, but, I mean, people who have stocks or mutual funds or, or real estate or rental properties. That's right, Wayne. And the, the rationale, of course, is that they don't even have to change legislation to change this because the legislation exists and it's just a percentage they would change in the act itself. And, you know, I don't want to age our audience here, but for those of us that remember, we used to have, you know, a 75% capital gain exemption. Yeah, so now it's, what, 50%, I think, isn't it? That's right. And so, you know, it wouldn't be a stretch for them to increase that by just a strike of the pen. They don't even have to change legislation. So, you know, it's an easy target. And it also impacts the wealthy a great deal. And so with the social point of view in the community uh, in the last while, I think it would be one of the easiest uh, areas to attack. So perhaps what we can do is spend some time on all the opportunities there that we're recommending to families to make sure they use up all their capital gain exemptions that they might be entitled to under the current rate and under the current legislation and lock out Canada Revenue Agency on the future growth of their state so that if they do increase those rates, you've utilized what you can already. There are so many moving components, moving targets uh, in estate planning, Sherry, and I guess that's why it's important that uh, people shouldn't just be tackling this all by themselves. They need to have an estate planning firm like Macmillan Estate Planning to help them along the way, to show them what the best programs are the best ways of looking after their assets so that they can maximize their wealth and and minimize the tax. The Macmillan team is going to be hosting virtual seminars coming up on January 13th and again January 27th at 6.30 p.m. to talk with you about estate or life planning. You need to be there. To register for this very informative seminar, simply contact Macmillan Estate Planning at one 833 266-6464 during weekday office hours, or you can visit the website for more information at mcmillanestate.com. Sherry McMillan is my guest today, and we'll continue in a moment on Talk to the Experts.